broadcasting all over the world from cinemageekly.com. It's the Cinema Geekly Podcast with Aaron De La Osa, Glenn Bove and Cody Kelly. Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 81. Uh, as you can tell, once again, no Anthony. He's going to be on a sabbatical for some time, at least 16 days, uh, whatever the booster <laughs> uh, campaign uh, fails. So, God damn. Like, I'm, it's got to be the shirt designs that people are looking at. Like, you know, we want to help these guys, but these shirt designs suck. We, we got to put up a couple suggestions, like on the website or something for them to have them vote, and then we, we you know, maybe give it another cool. wiggle. I mean, we think it's cool, but, you know, we're not opposed to it being, like, you know, uh, an inside joke for just fisting someone, essentially. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the ham-fisted part on the front that yeah. people don't want to wear in public. It's like us and the Bible Belt are really into the fisting. Uh, everywhere else, just not so much. <laughs> I, I guess the Catholics have got the fondling uh, cornered down in their market. Anyways, speaking of fondling, uh, I know Ron Williams played a priest in uh, a movie. And wow, that talk about ham fisted. Wow, is, yeah. Right at its finest. <laughs> so sadly, um, we lost a good comedian. I mean, despite what you you know, I know a lot of people are, you know, as as it goes on where we all become hipsters and don't like things that we liked once before because everybody likes them. Um, but he was, you know, an icon as far as comedy goes. And he died going out the uh Corey Stallway of House of Cards of a uh a fixation. I'm guessing he sat in a garage and, uh, you know, didn't pull out like the guy in office space to get hit by a drunk driver. So sadly, we lose him. And uh, spoiler alert: I'm pretty sure he's gonna pl- uh, come to play later on because we made certain lists uh, that were done before this, and I don't believe in backing out because of something happening. Uh, that's just comedy. Dude, he's got three movies coming out over the next six months. I know, right? <laughs> oh, fuck. Ow. Oh, my God. Uh, Dude, that's – oh, that is just fucking terrible. I know. I, I – condolences. Uh, it sucks. <laughs> a lot. But on happier notes, we have a ton of reviews up uh, <laughs> on the site. <laughs> We got two Guardians of the Galaxies, two Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, uh, both of them done by Anthony. And, you know, I think Anthony and I kind of came from the same place for both of these movies. Uh, you just flip flop the ratings. I gave 
Planet of the Apes a five. He gave Planet of the Apes a four and a half. I gave Guardians, well, if I was going to rate it, I would have given it a four and a half. He gave it a five. Uh, so there's those. Uh, another one, Into the Storm, uh, was done by Stephanie, which is an interesting read because it comes from a perspective of her a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, of the... Uh, the storms that they had over in the Philippines. So a lot of like what she is talking about is her experiences. So, um, it's a very good read. It's very interesting. I'm glad that we're actually able to personalize certain things now and we're not just a bunch of lifeless hacks. Uh, on that, you know, things also added is, uh, I got to talk about it cause it's on the Facebook page, but the Terminator finally announced the, uh, misspelling of their title Terminator Genesis. Because they're just pretentious that way. I'm sure there'll be a tagline eventually that'll be Terminator Genesis Rise of the Dawn of the Age of the Machines. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> something along those lines. The poster's going to be really dark, nothing but fucking rubble. Pre-Judgment Day. Right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> James Cameron production. Uh, I wonder if they're going to like force Sam Worthington in this movie like they did the last Terminator movie. You mean Sam Whisperington? That guy's got two levels, man. To either fucking, you know, kind of... Somewhat date rapey college uh, frat guy, or he's just going <laughs> to scream right at you like Kennison. Those are his speeds. He's got no in between, man. Uh, so yeah, that happened. It's not. I mean, it's how we knew. We knew the name of it. We just didn't know it was going to. We didn't know it was going to be misspelled that way. And of course, uh, coming from the Marvel side camp, making it look like uh, DC batted down as far as. The release date for Batman versus Superman, which I just think it's if you look at production of this movie, like I always thought it was going to get bumped up. I think they would have bumped it up to December had Star Wars not also have that because I think that's more of that's the movie I would be most afraid of coming out just because it's fucking Star Wars. <laughs> so I guess we'll go to the Marvel uh, slanted side of things. And Aaron, so, you know, what, what are your impressions of this getting moved up? I mean, do you really think it's, we're afraid? I just think it's more of like, look, a lot of movies that Zack Snyder has done has come out in March, and that's usually not an ideal time for movies, but hey, Alice in Wonderland made over a billion dollars in that time frame, so... I think that's part of it, but you know whether or not they want to admit it or not, I definitely think they flinch just because of what they're going up against. I mean, that you know they're taking an established property over something that you know, Man of Steel did great. I mean, everybody's is Dynasty Batfleck. I just don't know, like you know, if uh, yeah, it, it'd be a tough call for them. I think you know whether whether or not they're coming forward or not, that's why they flinched. Cody. I don't think they flinched. I think they uh, did it strategically just so they wouldn't have to split the money that weekend with Captain America 2. But I think, if anything, it's great news for, for Marvel because now they don't have to compete with Batman. They didn't have to compete with him anyway. In Marvel, their heroes actually save civilians. Nah. <laughs> You're right. He only Batman. took a bomb over. <laughs> I know Batman versus right. Superman definitely would have made more money that week. I, think. I mean, my only thing is it's odd that DC chose May because that's always kind of been the Disney and Marvel time frame. Yeah. Whereas DC is usually like July or, you know, late June. Like that's usually when they do their movies. So like, to me, that was the weirdest thing was the fact that they were like May 3rd. I'm like, well, you know that there's going to be a Marvel movie coming out in May. Like, why the hell are you trying to jump the gun on this versus waiting on into the, 
the summer like they usually have done. So that was my only thing. Like, I always thought the date was going to change no matter when they're like, it's set in stone. We're not going to change it. Like, you're going to change it just because your production schedule is way ahead of what the Captain America movie. Like, I wouldn't be so – if there wasn't like a Hunger Games coming out, like, I could see them bumping up, you know, like November of 2015. <laughs> like, I, I could really see this movie getting bumped up significantly more. I just think they would have done December, but the fact that there's a Star Wars movie now, probably – I mean, that, if there's anything that's going to scare the shit out of you, it's a Star Wars movie. Because good yeah. or bad, it's going to make a shit ton of money. So the fact that George Lucas hopefully has nothing to do with it, um, you know, it'll be decent. But uh, going on to another thing that's in Aaron's neck of the woods, and Cody and I can get a quick nap in. We have the you know t- new title sequence for Doctor Who series eight, season eight. So uh, <laughs> both are acceptable, man. It just depends on what continent you're on. Uh, yeah, the uh, the new title sequence came out. Like as Tony said, it, it is it does feel very inspired from the fan one that Billy Hanshaw did uh, some time ago. But I mean, you know, I, I love the show, but you know, let's just be fucking straight about this shit. I mean, you know, it's going to be something kind of ethereal, something <laughs> spacey, and the TARDIS with the same goddamn music. So I mean, how different could they really get with it? I mean, you know, while it is great, you know, it's exciting to see because you know it's new. It's you know, it, it's just pretty much the same thing, and you know, it's not bad. It's just pretty standard. Well, what if it was like the TARDIS is falling, and there's pop art behind it? <laughs> okay, I could they could do something like that or there's just like a big blunt and smoke comes up and it says, you know, Doctor Who. Um that would be fucking tight. <laughs> yes, we could talk about Breaking Bad or whatever the better call Saul. Um but there was nothing in that damn teaser cuz they definitely took a page out of the Mad Men book and oh, it's not such a, a I'm not even shit. I'm oh. not even going to condone it. Like that it happened whatever. <laughs> you guys want to watch it, watch it, but uh, at this point AMC can go they didn't go fuck themselves at this point because this is a bunch of bullshit. Wow. But I am intrigued. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, we'll still watch it. We'll complain every fucking week when they don't give us anything, but, you know, we'll still watch because we're fucking stupid. And speak going on with the Doctor Who stuff, uh, Stephen Moffat brought up an interesting point. I don't think it'll happen, but it would be interesting to see Sherlock and Doctor Who at the same universe. I don't know how that would play off. You're more of a the British uh, Esquire kind of guy. so They've been talking about this ever since Moffat first got involved uh, with Sherlock, even to the point to where in the episode of The Hound of the Baskervilles on Sherlock, there's a TARDIS uh, sitting in the woods where they are. It's just a, a quick glimpse. You see and a lot of people are like, you know, like freaking out over that. It was just a fun little Easter egg. But I mean, you know, it, if they did do a crossover, it would be amazing. I just don't know exactly how it would work. Yeah, like uh, how, how would it work? Without- but, if any, but if anyone could come up with it, I mean, it, it's Moffat and his team. I mean, the, you know, they've done shit that's more outside of the box than that. So, I mean, how would it work without making, you know, no offense to the doctor, but without him looking like complete, idiot compared to lord benedict cumberbatch the third well that'll be the thing i i I think they'd both be very intrigued by each other and it'd almost be like you know the the movies where multiple doctors are with each other to where you know they're all very you know very intelligent they all have their own certain personalities where they come in handier in moments than another so it would almost be like a very highbrow buddy cop movie i think but with a a blue box that's really a dimensional portway you know uh everywhere (laughs) yeah it's the other thing that'd be interesting about it because and Sherlock, like, 
he Sherlock has talked about how he doesn't care about space because it doesn't it doesn't mean anything to him tangibly. Like it, right. that doesn't affect the moment now and what he is going through as a personal experience. So, I mean, if you brought something that was worldly and out of this world, that that would definitely be an interesting uh, uh, conflict of ideas. Um, yeah. With you, Cody. I mean, I, I know you're the same boat with me when it comes to Doctor Who, and you don't care, but. Uh, like, you know, do you think that would be an interesting wa- – I mean, at least it would be an interesting watch. Do you think it's wise to do that? I don't know. To, I mean, I haven't really seen much Doctor Who, but to me it's just two completely different kinds of styles of shows for them to be able to blend it in a way that I would enjoy. But that's just me. I mean, I'm not I'm not, not a Doctor Who fan. I'm not anything towards it really. But Sherlock to me is a little bit more – I don't know, serious, I guess. I don't know. To me, just I don't think it would work. It just feels a little darker, but I mean, I think if there's any version of the Doctor in recent memory, it's going to be this new Doctor who they're saying is kind of darker. So, I mean, it, it it's getting a little closer, but, you know, it, it's fun to think about. There's just no fucking way it can happen. Yeah, I, I just, I think tonally it would just be really odd. Uh... Sadly, it looks like I wasn't the only one who saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this weekend. <laughs> someone else put a review before I did. I haven't been home for quite some time. And uh, it looks like they gave it two geeky glasses. And I'm going to spoil things for you. I will not be giving it two geeky glasses. It'll be much lower. Much, wow. much, much lower. Um, the problem with the movie, like the first 20 minutes I was watching it, in the theater, no one was laughing. Like, look, I love Will Arnett. He should not have been in that movie. Um, you can't give him restrictions and not him be able to say things such as, you know, you know, that's what whores do for money or, you know, cocaine. So, like, when you limit him not be able to say <laughs> things like that, he's not as effective. And the first 20 minutes of him being the comic relief, no one laughed. I mean, it, it was silent. I mean, it wasn't even, like, cricket chirping. It was just dead calm. And, uh, I mean, once the turtle showed up, it got a little bit better, but there are definitely, uh, continuous mistakes such as there's a part towards the end of the movie where they obviously need a fight scene because Raphael goes to save his brothers who are outside of New York city in some kind of estate and shredder shows up, or should I say, uh, Megatron shredder shows up and, uh, they fight. And before that fight scene happens, the bad guy whose house they're in established the fact that Shredder is in New York City and he's waiting for this toxin to be given to him so they could uh, do, you know, amazing Spider-Man stuff with it and kill everybody. And, uh... <laughs> wow, that is really the mate Jesus. And uh, so he goes, and he goes to fight, see, and they fight, and it's pretty good. And, uh, next thing you know, the, the helicopter has not left this building. The helicopter is about to leave. To go to New York City to deliver the toxin to Shredder, who's already at the house, so it's kind of pointless to deliver it to him when he's in your basement. And uh, it, the next thing you know, you see Shredder uh, up on the tower getting things ready for the toxin to be delivered to him. I was just huh. like, what, what? And I told my friends, and they're, they're dimwit idiots, so they're like, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I don't know why you thought that was a big deal. It's supposed to be fun. Like, well, yeah, but when things are, like, blatantly dumb, like... You could do something better than that. It was just like they wrote the script and like, ah, oh, you know what we really need here? I had a fight scene for like five minutes. Yeah, let's have Shredder come in again and kick some ass. 
And then, like, uh, the bad guy wears Under Armour for the second half of the movie for no other, for no reason other than, like, hey, let's get some Under Armour money. Uh, like He wears, un- like, you can see the logo full yeah, clear yeah. as day. In the wow. whole movie, he's wearing, like, suits and what everything. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Whoa. It, what, what is going on? Was that Jesus. a poltergeist? What happened? I didn't hear anything. Oh, that was on Cody's end. Yeah. Oh, Cody. Man. You know, speaking of this poor quality you're getting right now, if you want better <laughs> quality, you can go on the booster.com slash cinemageekly or go to cinemageekly support or just the front page. We have a banner up for booster and all these awesome looking t-shirts. Our goal is 20. If we can get the 20, we can at least get a couple of new microphones and, you know, better server costs and all that kind of stuff. And it'll just be able to give back to you. Uh, we started off strong the first day with four right off the bat. And now we're sitting at five and that was 17 days ago. So, uh, we just need 15 more. I mean, I know we get thousands of downloads of this. If just one of you, just at 1% of you has it in you to buy a t-shirt for love of God, please do. (laughs) If not, if you just want to donate a dollar, five dollars, a hundred dollars, um, you know it'll that'll go directly to us. You don't have to worry about a T-shirt. If you just want to give us a buck or two, uh, all that will go straight to us. And if anyone not- donates a hundred dollars, I, I will do my best to come up with something very unique just for them. I'll, oh, I'll yeah. shave, just like shave their name or something like in my, the side of my head for a month. I mean, we'll we'll get wacky with it. Yeah, well, yeah, you could definitely do uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, hairstyling. But, uh, I could. I could pull that shit off. You know, going on with the support stuff, you know, the summer season's almost over, so those blockbusters, you know, you don't want to wait in line for are about to come to an end. But, hey, you know, you can, you know, buy, buy some early tickets to, you know, the new Hunger Games movie, even Expendables this weekend, which we'll talk about uh, later on in the show. And just, you know, do that through Fandango or, you know... I watched the new Arkham Batman movie that deals with the Arkham video games, and it's pretty interesting. You can get that on Amazon and uh, buy it directly there. You don't have to go to the store or anything. You could just digitally download it right then and there if you you know feel like you want to support the economy and not be a parasite and download everything illegally, uh, which is why you know Detroit's a shithole it is because you know we don't want to pay for anything anymore. Yeah, that's a du- the direct reason why Detroit is in so much trouble illegal downloading. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm just trying to support the government because they're probably listening. And, uh, you know, the other one, uh, you know, being Think Geek, you know, Christmas right around the corner. Uh, anniversaries, you got that geeky girlfriend, or if you're a geeky girl buying for a guy you could also you know go that route with the fifteen hundred dollar optimus prime tablet that i'm pretty sure jerks or guy guy girl girl whatever yeah yeah yeah, whichever we don't discriminate uh unless it's everyone but oh thank god we got through that rundown okay now for the main (laughs) reason why we're doing this we're going to it already yeah all right that was everything we had, boys. That's all we got. Nothing new. I, I don't believe in giving content anymore, apparently. This is why we need we need Tony. We need someone to, to guide this shit. He's leaving it, essentially. It's like, okay, what it is, it's the first couple of minutes of every episode of fucking DuckTales, where Tony is our <laughs> is our Uncle Scrooge, and we're Huey, Dewey, and Louie just getting all sorts of shit with the Beagle gang. And, you know, we need him to swoop in and save us, but he's just hanging off finger-blasting Aunt B in the kitchen or whatever. 
Yeah, I'm it's sorry. Ridiculous. But the content isn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I could go. I mean, we could do reviews, but we didn't write any of these, so it's not like I can go. Ah, off fuck of that. Any well, of them. Let's get into the casting, man. Let's let's do this. Well, before that, like Cody, you saw Guardians, right? Yes. What were your thoughts of it? Because Cody and I, or Aaron and I, have done a podcast about it. What were what were your thoughts? And you can be as bland as possible, like everyone else, and say it's great. But <laughs> um, I was surprised it was as funny as it was. I didn't think there was going to be that much humor in it. Um, gosh, I, it's really hard to pin it down. I, other than to just say it was just a lot of fun, and I mean, it looked amazing. The story was good. I mean, I didn't really care about the the hell's that guy's name that Ronan the Accuser. Yeah. As the villain, but I mean, I wouldn't hold that against the movie. Yeah, I thought like Yondu was definitely more fat. I mean, that's just because Michael Rooker's crazy. Um, but out of like <laughs> the main four, who who was your favorite? Oh jeez. Because everybody, I mean, when people say everyone has their moments, like they're not lying. Um, and a lot of people are saying like it's either Rocket or Groot, but I don't know if I'd say Groot. Groot has yeah, he's got a few things in there that are funny. Yeah, and also but, a tearjerker moment. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. To me, probably more so Rocket, but then to I don't know, man, because Batista had some really funny lines that I wasn't expecting. Also, like when he's laughing his ass off as the ship is crashing into a ship, like. To me, that was the funniest moment of the whole movie. Like, that was just them looking back and him just, like, enjoying every minute of it. Like, he was at the carnival. Yeah, it was great. Just the, the stuff with him and uh, Gamora and just him taking everything so literally. And then that funny little scene at the end of the credits when he's checking out his knives or whatever <laughs> he's doing. And Groot's doing his little dance to that Michael Jackson. I mean... I don't know. My favorite line in the whole movie was where he goes, nothing goes over my head. I have excellent reflexes. <laughs> I would catch it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was just a super fun movie. Yeah, it was. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And, oh, like, what was, like, the outside cast? Like, out of the main, like, were you surprised how well everything kind of meshed together? Because we talked about, like, how eclectic this cast is. And, I, you know, it even shines more through in the supporting. Because you got someone like John C. Riley delivering lines to Glenn Close. and <laughs> He had a really great line, too. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Benicio Del Toro just kind of being himself. But if he was Liberace, I mean, they've said it, he's Liberace in space. But, uh, I mean, like, what, what do you think of, like, the other, even just the one-scene performances that most of these people had? Like, uh you know, who out of those, who was probably your favorite? Ooh, favorite? Shoot. Um, I don't know. John C. Riley. I mean, I love his line with Glenn Close about um, what? God, what was it? I don't know if anyone's a hundred hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic. But he, I mean, other than that, he didn't have a whole lot in the movie. Oh, I mean, I guess he had some really cool stuff at the end, too, where they're asking him about what what's illegal and what's not illegal. Yeah, I'll just say John C. Riley, I guess. Yeah. You know, because I thought about Long and Hard. I don't think Aaron and I talked about, like, who was our favorite out of, like, the main cast. But I really liked Karen Gillian. Like, I I really liked her. I don't know, like, it was, like, her makeup and her aesthetics. But, like, just the way she looked was just awesome. Like, I could... 
if you put her like a Terminator movie, like I would kind of believe it. Like they tried to do with that one chick that I didn't believe in in Terminator Three. Like I, I, I don't know. Like just the way she looked. Like I don't know. Like just the makeup, and I know they added the CGI stuff and the voice change. Like I just thought she was really interesting, and she was she looked so similar to Yondu, but it was like different enough that I could tell they weren't the same. I don't know. I like. I mean, I know you're like the Doctor Who person, so I'm assuming like you'll probably say, you know, like who was your favorite out of like the main people? Because I don't think we even talked about that. Oh, at Chris all. Pratt, hands down. No, I mean like, out of like not I, I, in the four. Oh, not the main cast. Yeah. Uh, Josh Brolin as Thanos. Oh, okay. I guess that was yeah, yeah. Right, right. Let that soak in for a minute. <laughs> he was awesome. Um, I'm really excited whenever Sony hopefully makes the right decision and cast him as Joel in the Last of Us movie. Oh my God! Right, Jesus. The fuck are they waiting on? The uh, I do have one little tidbit to bring up. Uh, how Vin Diesel a while back, how he was trolling everybody on his Facebook saying he was going to be Vision, and then uh, it you know turns out he was Groot. He's uh, he's back to trolling people on his Facebook again about another Marvel project. He uh, he posted a picture two days ago on August 9th that says, Vin and Marvel, you all made it happen. I get the strange feeling that Marvel thinks I'm inhuman. Ha, ha, ha. And it's a picture of Groot. But, I mean, you know, he spelled inhuman the way – you know. It, it, it. <clears throat> so either he's trolling again. Uh, maybe in hopes of having something to come down with, with the Inhuman project, or I mean, if he were to play Black Bolt, Black Bolt doesn't speak; he just has to look gigantic and imposing, and it, you know he whispers for his powers. I mean, Vin Diesel could do that and very well be the voice of Groot. I mean, so if he's trolling, this guy's troll level is masterful because he really nailed it on the head as far as something he really feasibly could do and would be great at. So, uh, fucking Vin Diesel, man. He's at it again, but uh, God bless him. Let's just make him Dormammu. Um, what was he uh, – he was talking about like whenever he took the thing of Groot and like they looked at – he looked at how small that role was. And, and he said it was like really therapeutic for him to just be in the booth by himself saying these lines over and over again and having like these paragraph notes – because it was right after the fact of Paul Walker dying. I, I mean, right. I knew they were friends, but I didn't realize. I mean, I guess since they've done like six movies together, they would be very close. But, you know, he talked about how he was like his best friend and all that kind of stuff. And like this was a way of him like channeling his uh, his anxieties uh, through a group. And like I read that and then I saw the movie the second time. And I was like, you know, like, you can just pick up on so many of the nuances of just the way he says it. Like, you know, we've said, you know, he, he recorded over a thousand lines and did this. But, I mean, like, he really put a lot of thought and care into the way he said those lines. And, it, I mean, it was – it's almost as good as some of those, you know, professional voice actors that do these, you know, that's their job. And he was just as good as them, um, if not better in a lot of cases. So, right. He can troll all he wants if he starts – uh, pumping out good things and just put him. I'm be telling like you, man. The, the more I'm sitting here letting that black bolt thing just sort of stew and simmer in my head, the, the more excited I'm getting for it. Like Jesus, that would actually be great. Yeah, if he just becomes like the Marvel version of John Ratzenberg in the Pixar movies, <laughs> I'll, I'll be He's okay. Just with everywhere. It. Yeah. yeah, they could do a lot worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Like our Expendables I, cast. <laughs> I don't okay, know. I think now, he's douchey. 
No, I, I fuck, dude. The, the, this guy grew up. You know, he's just a gigantic nerd. He's a comic book fan. He, he wrote the goddamn forward for a book about D and D. You know what I mean? Like this dude is a nerd. He's just one who does a lot of fucking push-ups. You know what I mean? He, he's you know one of us, Gubagaba. Like you know, that's it, clear as day. So I, I, I back Mr. Vin Diesel in, in all his projects. I won't see a lot of his movies because I don't care for those piles of shit. But the ones of his I do like, I will see many times. Yeah. <laughs> So there's that. <laughs> oh, why don't you like Vin Diesel, Cody? No. Oh, okay. I just, I don't know. He seems, like, too into himself. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just projecting At a certain point, wouldn't you be? He just seems douchey. Mm, I don't know. I, uh. I've, always liked, I've always liked him, but yeah, I could, he just seemed like he was really stupid. And then you read things he says, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's like. He's not big and dumb, like Cody said. He's he's one of us. Uh, not that like I'm super intelligent or anything, but um, there, we do have common interests. One of them being D and D, unfortunately. Right, <laughs> <laughs> nerd. Nerd alert. So while we're on this topic of being nerds, uh, this was something that was brought up in Cody and I. Or Cody, I, I keep getting y'all mixed up. I need you, Anthony. We need you. Uh. We need Uncle Scrooge, man. I'm telling you. Aaron and I talked about in the Flip for Side B number five acting. Uh, we is that its official show. title? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Number five acting. Wow. Acting. I don't know how you got acting out of that, but <laughs> bravo. We Do you got to pay about... John Lovitz for that? <laughs> I, love, oh, I love John Lovitz. Uh, no, he almost he almost made it into my cast. He, he, he was, was really close. He was really. I, it was weird. I had this dream the other night, and it was because I fell asleep listening to the Beatles, and <laughs> and my my dream was like Paul McCartney was like he was basically uh, uh, Charles Bronson and Death Wish, where like the Beatles were all friends, and you know John Lennon gets shot in the face on you know in the street, and George Harrison gets. You know, I would love his house. To, to see Paul McCartney redo Charles Bronson movies. <laughs> and like, but no, like he goes on like this murderous revenge. It's a revenge thriller. And at the end of it, it's like kind of like a like like a Batman thing. And he finds like a young John Lovitz who's grieving over the death <laughs> of his friend Phil Hartman for, you know, the his cocaine wife. And, you know, she killed him and all that kind of stuff. But the person who got her cocaine was Andy Dick. And they just go on this revenge thing. And he like it. So like, I don't I don't know. I guess I had a trilogy in my mind, and he just like took him along, and John Lovitz and Paul McCartney just like killed Andy Dick and all like that comedian group that he's a part of, like Kathy Griffin, and I don't, it was awesome. Um, Frank Miller, please write this because uh, <laughs> I I woke up and I was like, holy shit, that was intense. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I don't, it turned into Desperado at the end. I don't, anyways. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Antonio Banderas, he's in the new Expendables three that comes out this weekend. And uh, as mentioned before, with the podcast that I went off on a tangent, we talked about like an alternate, like weird <laughs> version of the Expendables cast, and not necessarily well, like, them, weirder, I guess. Yeah, weirder. Like not necessarily like, them kicking ass so much as like I, I came up with a whole plot on my own. Um, but it was just uh, like this – you kind of put the same scenario like nine or ten or however we each of us did 
like nine on one, or yeah, I, I got nine on one. two. I, I pulled in both villains from oh, the first. Oh, so you two used days. like Stone Cold Steve Austin, Stone Cold and Van Dam. Yep. See, I was going to. It was like, well, Stone Cold wasn't the main villain, and like Eric Roberts was. I mean, I love Eric Roberts, but, but Eric Roberts, like he could almost just he could carry over into the into the one we're doing too. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a couple of them that could carry over. Mickey uh, Rourke too, man. Jesus, he could just yeah roll right on and set, man. He's ready to go. So it just kind of gave her this, and then Cody, you know, finally coming back, and you know, welcome back, Cody. And uh, thank you. Well, I've missed this. Well, a lot. Welcome back to the civilian life. Yes, I'm out of Shawshank. <laughs> so. We each kind of decided to make our own Expendables cast, and I, I don't know who wants to go first. I don't, so I'm not going first. <laughs> so whichever one of you two want, and we'll and the, the idea is that we like we replace we will, we will, the actors. We will discuss and, de- and defend as as needed. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like whoever we pick for Stallone, like we'll say like okay, as the Stallone character, it would be this and that. So um, I'm assuming y'all wrote the list down like I did. Yep. Uh, so I, I don't know who wants to go first out of you two, but I, I'll go second. I just don't want to go first. <laughs> well, shit, I'll go first then because I don't want to go last. <laughs> I'll go last. <laughs> All right, Cody. All right, I'm trying to decide the order here. I want to do this. Oh, All right, I'm going to start with... Start with the good guys and then give us the, the verses afterward. Yeah, because I feel like your villain should be, like, the most weird of... Not necessarily <laughs> weird, but just, like, the most out there as far as, like, what your villain is. Right. All right well, I'm, I'm going to start with the guys who don't have huge parts. Okay. So, for Bruce Willis, my thought... Because, um, like I said, I, I took a, a really hard turn on when you said guys who just wouldn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for Bruce Willis's part, I put French Stewart. Oh, <laughs> shit. That, you know, he that, was in Star Trek. Cody started off very strong. That is Jesus. That's good. That's going to be a hard one to, to top. Fucking hell. Yeah, so I, I didn't really have much of a reason other than... You don't need one to that right there. That that's is, that's mm, perfect. No need to defend. I will not argue that at all. <laughs> All right, um, all right then. Uh, for the Arnold Schwarzenegger part, my initial what I first put down, but I put down an alternate now because fucking what happened today. My first thought for Arnold Schwarzenegger was Robin Williams, uh, but then I oh, thought man, about it a little bit. That role. <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, he's barely in it. No, I. Never mind. <laughs> oh, okay. He Fuck. would barely be in it now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then uh, for an alternate for him on the fly, I came up with uh, – I was thinking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger-related movies, and then I came up with Danny DeVito. <laughs> okay, that I, that would be interesting. That's not bad. <clears throat> All right, and then going into the main cast, for Mickey Rourke um, with his small kind of role, I put uh, Al Pacino. Wow. I, uh, <laughs> I just want to see him roll in on a motorcycle. And I'm not yet, but wow. See like two or three lines and then say, Hoo-ah. Wow. <laughs> um, all right. This um, more f- for the like the main group of guys. Um, this one's Can I request, kind of out though, there. that uh, if, if we do make this movie with Al Pacino, that he wear the same cowboy hat as Mickey Rourke did? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got to look exactly like Mickey Rourke. Okay, so same costume. Okay, things. perfect. Okay, good. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for Dolph Lundgren, this guy isn't 
technically an actor, so I don't know if you would count this as cheating or not, but uh, I put Gallagher. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I went, like I, like I said, totally weird on this one. Yeah, is, is it bad that my list seems kind of tame compared to this? Yeah, your, your list <laughs> is like, you got some real winners in there. Well, I got a couple more here coming up. Well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Terry Crews. No more Terry Crews. Uh, fresh out uh, on parole, O.J. Simpson. But O.J. Simpson has a buddy. This is what I asked uh, if we could use dead people. Uh, for Randy oh. Couture, Leslie Nielsen. Oh, wow. Because Leslie Nielsen is awesome. and It's kind of in the same vein as like the Naked Gun movies, but... All right, Jet Li. Um, you can go two ways with this one. Uh, I put Paul Rubens. But uh, ah. you could either do Paul Rubens or Pee Wee. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, my God. That's so Why is this not a movie? Why is this not a movie? But, my God, like, when he, when he said O.J. Simpson, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to do Leslie Nielsen. There's no fucking way he's not. <laughs> Yeah, I thought there'd be that connection made pretty quick. Yeah. All right, where'd I leave off? Gently, right? <laughs> Gently with Paul Rubens. Okay, this one to me uh, for Jason Statham is probably the best fit, not um, in terms of matching of characters, but just for this kind of a movie. Uh, Bruce Campbell. Okay. Oh man, you're all up in my Kool Aid on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I figured if anybody was going to pull that one, it'd probably be you. I did. All right. He's your leader, isn't he? What's that? No, no, no. <laughs> and uh, for Stallone, for his sh- super shaking ability, Michael J. Fox. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, shoot. Oh, no, I forgot one. Uh, Chuck Norris. Uh, Paul Hogan. <laughs> I guess Glenn loves some Crocodile Dundee. Who does? I'm not even thinking Crocodile Dundee. I'm actually thinking Flipper. Because, like, I saw the Crocodile Dundees much later on in my life. The first thing, I, and the only thing I knew him for, for the longest time was Flipper. So I would just imagine him cooking hot dogs the uh, the way that I cook hot dogs now because of that movie. So now I'm actually just imagining him with a hot dog in his mouth, smoking it with a dolphin. <laughs> Uh, that that's why I'm laughing and like yeah Paul Hogan like that's just so, that's good. Oh, that all is, right. Uh, and then uh, lastly for my villain, I got uh, Mr. Tim Curry. Oh, that, that'd be good. Fuck that's you. Good. Did I steal another one of yours? No, that's just really oh, good. Okay. Yeah, Tim Curry, he is like the ultimate bad guy. That was one of those where I was like, fuck, I did not even go there. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do kind of reverse order, I guess. I'm going to start with, like, the main cast and work work my way down. Uh, my leader uh, is the enigmatic uh, Nicolas Cage. Like, I, I just, to me, he just made sense. 
Um, if I'm gonna leave, oh yeah, a, a we're gonna rag, have a lot of overlap in between a, a few. A ragtag group. I, I hate, well, because we talked about it, so like it's a lot of people that we talked about. Right. And I, just to me, it made sense. Number two, at first I had David Tennant because I thought that would be really interesting <laughs> to have him as like second in command. I thought, well, you know, the big thing about Nicolas Cage is his range of emotion. So uh, you you know, second in command, like in the Expendables movies, is it's kind of like the opposite. Like they balance each other out. So uh, I, I'm gonna go with Keanu Reeves. For his lack of emotion, Keanu Reeves um, in whose role? As Jason Statham. Oh, you need to have that balance and the power. Yep, yep. yep. So um, either one of those two, I just think Tenet running around and screaming would be really funny. And then because Dolph Lundgren in the movies is kind of crazy, you don't—he starts off bad and becomes good. You never know what he's gonna do. So I thought, well, Gary Busey, he's perfect for it because oh. <laughs> you have no idea what the hell this guy's gonna do. And then with Jet Li, like he, he's small. Quick, quick side note: Did you guys ever see the the celebrity rehab uh, with Doctor Drew? Where uh, <laughs> with Gary with Busey? Gary Busey? <laughs> yes. Do you remember what was in his suitcase when he opened it? Because I don't I, I do verbatim, and I will recite to you its contents uh, if you don't remember. <laughs> yes, I don't remember recite it. Uh, it was nothing but loose change and a couple of highlighters. <laughs> I'm not. I wish I could make that up. That that actually fucking happened. Like, oh my god. The, yeah. Okay. Gary Busey out back. So did, roll on with the list. Yeah, he could he could fit in for almost anybody in that solid movie. work yeah. so far. And so I feel like a person like he doesn't you know they don't get along with in the movie with with Jet Li's character. And I feel like they wouldn't get along. Like they could kind of go at each other's throats a little bit. Would be Willem Dafoe as Jet Li. Just because he can kind of he, he can sneak in there a little bit, you know, like he's shifty. And then uh, my favorite of, of any of the ones I came up with with Terry Crews and Randy Couture, like they always go hand in hand. You can't have them without the other. And that's uh, Helen Bottom Carter and Johnny Depp. With that, they they have to be together. They're always attached to the hip. And then to someone I, I wouldn't really view as a fighter, but definitely like a support guy, a rally guy. That's um, he may strike, you know, in his moments like he does in Back to the Future. Uh, and that's Crispin Glover as Mickey Rourke. Like you know, it's like on the sidelines, he kind of do it, um, you know, and that kind of stuff. And who would be like, you know, if Nicolas Cage led a group, and who is who is you know, I, not really like nemesis, but his rival. And I would say Crispin like, Glover and his craziness, and uh, someone you know who who maybe just as enigmatic as him would be Brad Dorf. Uh, as Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think. Oh, uh, look at goddamn! Okay, we got a ton of overlap. I I, I figured as I was going, I, was like, I think I think Aaron and I are going to have a lot uh, common, and then someone who can kind of sneak in every once in a while and just like blow everybody away, just because he's probably the craziest of all of them. Um, is Malcolm McDowell as Chuck Norris definitely like <laughs> Weapon X? Uh, secret weapon they could use would be Malcolm McDowell, and the only way you could ever get all these crazy characters together and who would hire them and who would have the connections for all of this because he's a world traveler uh as a bruce willis role for me would be bill murray um him as as bruce willis you know getting all these pieces together just it would work i think it would it could happen pretty well and then just as like the young guy who's kind of becoming crazy with them and he um you know he'll get killed off and the liam hensworth role would be macaulay culkin um, he's starting to enter his own, the same as them, but he, uh, he just ends it. He'll, he just can't quite get there, um, to where they're at. And what they're all trying to do is stop a really terrible movie from being made. 
because they're all past their prime, and the guy they're going against is also past his prime, and he should be making anything. So their villain would be M. Night Shyamalan. Wow. And that's, and that's who they're trying to stop. Hmm. So. That is uh, solid work. Well, um, what's what's the twist then? It's like the M. Night Shyamalan is recording them and making their attack on him his movie? No, it's actually a Wes Anderson movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> So right. visually, it'll be really interesting. Yeah, it'll be great camera work. <laughs> All right, your list, Aaron. I, I, I had a feeling we would have a few overlaps. Uh, not in the same exact roles, but uh, between the between the three of us, there are a couple of overlapping uh, actors, uh, if you will. To start off in the, in the Stallone role as the leader, I have Mr. Tom Sizemore. <laughs> <laughs> right. That guy is like. Yes. We, we joke about Gary Busey. Like, Gary Busey just can't help it at this point. That guy is a sociopath. Yeah, he is deranged. I mean, just, like, yeah, I I would be very frightened of that individual coming running at me. Uh, and yet another one I would be frightened of in the Jason Statham role, some overlap with Cody. I have Mr. Andy Dick. Well, I didn't say Andy Dick. No, that, Andy, was, well, that was my Paul McCartney story when I was talking. Oh, about right, 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 right. right. <laughs> Uh, okay. As uh, in Mickey Rourke's role, I have Nicolas Cage. Okay, that makes sense. As the kind of the seasoned old retired uh, grizzled outlaw, or whatever the fuck he was. And the Bruce Willis role, I have another Bruce. So I got Bruce Campbell. I think he could carry it uh, with a certain weight, and it would still be really weird trying to see him play it straight. In the Schwarzenegger role, I have William Forsythe. <laughs> that is a name I haven't heard in a very long time. But now you're thinking about it, it's like shit. That's all right. That's, that's, I would. He, he could be in the Expendables. He really could. Like, he, oh, he's just so hard edged. That guy. Uh, it's like Nick Nolte's one. like evil cousin. Yeah, exactly. It's like if Nick Nolte had a little brother, he didn't, didn't really talk to a lot. It'd be William Forsythe. Uh, in the Dolph Lundgren role, I have uh, Richard Keel. He was Jaws from Moonraker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, who, he was also in uh, Happy Gilmore, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jet Li's role, I have Mr. Victor Wong. Most people know him as uh, as uh, Aang from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. Rainy Couture, I have Mr. Randall Tex Cobb. Chuck Norris' role, I got Brad Dourif. Terry Crews' role, I have got uh, Tommy Tiny Zeus Lister. Zeus. You guys remember him? Remember Zeus? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the Chris Hemsworth role, I have another Chris. Uh, Mr. Chris Klein, I think, would <laughs> fit in with this cast perfectly. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think it'd be fucking fantastic. Uh, and they're facing a trio of guys here. In the Van Damme role, I have Tom Waits. <laughs> Tom Waits and Bob Dylan? No, uh, Eric Roberts is actually Willem Dafoe. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and then uh, in the Stone Cold role, I have John Cena. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Oh, I don't know if I want to go 12 rounds with that movie. <laughs> He's going to get all Marine on you. <laughs> I actually, I love the Marine, but as told on a previous podcast, I saw at a shitty $2 theater that I'm pretty sure they served meth out of. So it was definitely like I had to be in the mood. Uh, to yeah. enjoy that movie. I haven't seen it since, and I won't because I feel like I won't find it as fun. I, uh, I, I make it a point to check out a, a WWE movie every once in a while just to remind me, like, 
uh, of what really bad cinema could be. Because uh, a lot of them, like their action movies, they do well, but you know they they cast all their wrestlers. Uh, a couple of these guys have been okay, most of them not. Uh, it's those movies are the ones that I, I really look forward to seeing, like all the ones starring Ted DiBiase and The Miz are particularly uh, dog shit. So. <laughs> I wonder if they like they see Guardians and like, God damn it, why didn't we use Batista? <laughs> Because they would have, they would have tried writing him a role where he had to give like a a, a monologue, you know what yeah. I mean, with something really heartfelt, and instead of just like you know nothing would go over my head, I would catch it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they would cast him all wrong. But oh well. So, so yeah. there, there, I think we should pick another one to do. Yeah, uh, if anybody has like any ideas, even like a TV show, like I mean, you could do Lost, but I mean, that's like thirty people we'd have to write down, and um, the eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. kind of much smaller, but yeah, I guess that would work. We could do that. I know. I was thinking like something that like like the Expendables, like a, a bigger cast, just so you can. What you about know. we redo the Big Chill? <laughs> I don't uh, know. There's a couple of uh, guys in that movie who are <laughs> who are pretty weird now. What is it? Costner, Goldblum, William Hurt. Like those guys are yeah. kind of those guys are kind of off these days. So I don't They're know if you want to. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. It's got a pretty oh, big cast. Oh. That would be. See, I almost had Steve Buscemi in my in my Expendables. I, I was this close to putting him down. Um, I think I was going to have Except him as the Jet Li. He's way too good of an actor, though. Yeah, I was going to have him as Jet Li, and I was like, eh, nah, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like anybody has any ideas, like Mad Men cast or you know something like that, uh, we could do alternate castings. Like, what would be the flip opposite? to that like even if it was like something like a hardcore comedy and it was like okay let's pick like the most dramatic actors like we did dumb and dumber too and it was like daniel day lewis and tom wilkinson or something like you know we could whatever y'all think so and that would be at info at cinemageekly.com and uh what can you go through your list again cody because i really (laughs) want to hear it again because i and you could just run it fast, just be like Stallone, Statham, blah blah blah. Like I, I love your list so much. All right, from top to bottom, Stallone is Michael J. Fox, oh. Jason Statham, Bruce Campbell, Jet Li, Paul Rubens, and/or Pee Wee Herman. Oh my God, that's the greatest one. <laughs> Randy Couture, Leslie Nielsen, Terry Crews, O.J. Simpson, Dolph Lundgren, Gallagher. Mickey Rourke, Al Pacino, Arnold Schwarzenegger, (laughs) (laughs) Robin Williams, or Danny DeVito, Bruce Willis, French Stewart. Oh, god damn it. Chuck Norris, Paul Hogan, and the bad guy as uh, Tim Curry. Yeah, I would. Boy, I, I can't. I, 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 I fully concede uh, the 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 belt for for this list to Cody on that one. That is that's some strong. The Paul work. Rubens Jet Li is just so good. But he starts off with French Stewart as Bruce Willis, and it's like, wow, that is, <laughs> boy, that's balls. I only problem I see with the, I feel like there would be a power struggle at the top between <laughs> and, and Fox. Like I, I don't know. I don't know how. I'm pretty sure. Like I mean, obviously. Um, we know that Michael J. Fox's personality is a little shaky at best, so oh, I don't know Jesus. how well he is of a leader. <laughs> yeah, well, Michael J. Volatile. Fox is in <laughs> constant motion, and French Stewart's always squinting. He'd never be able to get a good picture of him. <laughs> just dart out of his line sight. I uh, think French Stewart, since he's squinting all the time, he might be the one person that sees Michael J. Fox just moving <laughs> fluidly. <laughs> he, is like, he just has a, like, a new vision that we can't comprehend. 
We got to like find a way Neo. to. You know what we should do? We should recast the Last Dragon, but with uh, with Caucasian actors, <laughs> and see how bad we can get that one. Greece, but if it was like a Wayan Brothers film. Oh, beautiful! I love that one too. Yeah. So, like, any ideas? Just info at Cinema Geekly because I, I really feel like we should add this as like a thing every week that we spend ten minutes, or as we did uh, fifteen. We gotta step our game up, man. Cody punched us right in the mouth on this one. I know, like, I always hate it because, like, when we did like the the contest that got erased. You know, I really thought, okay, Aaron, maybe, but God damn it, Cody, like, you're like a ninja. You just sneak in there, like, you don't really talk much on the podcast, and then, like, but when you say something, it's probably the funniest of all of us. And it's just, I, I don't know if you're smart or you're just good timing. Uh, probably more so lucky. No, uh, I timing and it i hate it <laughs> well okay <laughs> i mean is i mean any uh closing thoughts for you guys like anything um before we get to the box office which was very surprising the box office was surprising uh i well i had that the flashback weekend trip this weekend where i got to meet robert england uh in full freddy get up that was oh. uh quite an experience I've, I've met robert england i think twice now he is just he's awesome yeah, like my friend had uh he my friend is really you know you would think it'd be dumb because it, it doesn't really pay off a whole lot but as far as like if you want to get autographs and pictures like bring your kid with you the kid's like five or six um like five to eight I guess is like the cute range you can get away with a lot of bullshit when it comes to actors but man like when my friend brings his kid like we met Robert England they got to just like hang out with him for like ten fifteen minutes. Because uh, he can, they got the picture with the glove, and he had left the glove in his hotel room. And Robert England just walks out from his booth. He goes, "Does anybody have a Freddy glove I can use?" And like all these like Freddy Krueger, most of them were women, and they're just like throwing like, "Oh God, I got my glove!" And he went through and like inspected what was the best glove to use for the picture. Like it, he's just he's awesome. Yeah, we. Uh... When we got in there, I mean, you know, we walk up to him, you know, and he's doing the Freddy laugh. He's saying for me, he's being, you know, he's not Robert England, he's being Freddy. I mean, so it, it was fucking terrific. I mean, when he did the Freddy laugh, I, I, I opened my wife, so I damn near knocked her flat on her ass. I was just so excited about it. And then we do the picture, and it was phenomenal. And we had a little interaction with him, and you know, I, I literally, I swooned, like my, my knees buckled. <laughs> I was just like, oh, like I, I was done. Like if, if, if Freddy Krueger wanted to at that point, he could have had me. Uh, in my butt, and I think uh, that would have been more than okay with me. Like yeah. it was, it was that powerful of a moment. I was like, "Wow, this is—he could do whatever he wanted to with me right now." That's how I was when I met Conroy. When he said, "I'm the goddamn Batman," I was like, "Right? Oh, oh my God! Yes, you are." Like, it, <laughs> yeah, it's yes, weird, you are. It doesn't look like it, but you just hear him say it. I'm like, "That's like you know." It's funny, like you know, like, people are like, "He's not really that big." I'm like, you gotta understand, like. The first twenty years of my life, this man was Batman. Like you don't right. like, and he's just sitting there over in his booth, and he's like tall, but he's lanky, and he's just sitting there. I'm like, I like I almost passed out just looking at the guy, and like he's like, calm down. I'm like, dude, you, look, you almost passed out seeing Bruce Campbell. Like this is my Bruce Campbell. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. Uh, have you ever gone to a convention, Cody? Like they're they're interesting. No, I haven't. That's that's my goal now that I'm more free to be able to travel at my own leisure. Well, this one was a was a horror convention, so it's not really like a lot of 
a lot of the Comic Cons I've been to, uh, a very different crowd, yeah, to say the yeah. least. Most people look like they were trying to be the cast from Ghost Adventures, <laughs> uh, but they weren't willing to get on the steroids to be as big as that dude, you know what I mean? Uh, a, a lot of chicks of uh, varying weights, uh, most of which all had their breasts out, uh, no matter how small the bosom or the woman holding them were. Yeah, how many how many slutty Freddies did you have? Because that was like when he's oh, there. Oh, God, like, I, I can't just... even – I don't even know. I, I don't even know. The, 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 that's all there were, were slutty Freddies. And uh, much like the, the slave layers you get at, at the Comic-Cons, the, the vast majority are going to be uh, – Zoftig, and uh, you know that the the one percent will be you know someone you'd expect to see dressing like that, uh, and those numbers held true for horror conventions as well. So I'm glad to report that finally. <laughs> yeah, horror convention. I've been the one, and they're they're very different. They are yeah. very very different than a comic con, because uh, comic con like you get just such a wider range of people. You got people there for anime. You got people there for comics. Like you should be, you got people there for like TV shows and just actors in general. And then like, but horror conventions, like it is like the grime and grit of humanity that just shows up to those things. Oh yeah. I mean, a lot of these people were straight out of the trailer park. (laughs) So I'm, I'm sure there's like a lot of carryover with wrestling fans there. Um, might have been say dude, Ashley. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Top of the box office this week. A little bit of a surprise. Not I went not not too much. But a little bit. Uh, at number five, we had the movie Lucy on its third week at nine point five million. The Scarlett Johansson, Morgan Freeman, uh, Luke Beeson, uh, or Luke Besson uh, flick. Percent of her brain. And number four, we had the Hundred Foot Journey, uh, open at eleven million. Uh, that I believe has. What the fuck uh, is that movie about? That movie made that much money? Yeah, it's got what's Helen Mirren. What's it in about? It. Uh, it's Fucking about... people cooking. Really? Yeah, an English lady and an Indian dude, and they cook. The huh. Kadan family clashes with the Madame Mallory, which I'm oh. assuming is Helen Mirren, proprietress of a celebrated French restaurant. After they open their own nearby eatery until undeniable chemistry causes the madam to take gifted young chef Hassan under her wing. So I'm guessing it's like a less uh, offensive uh, Grand Torino. Uh, <laughs> what? And with, Harold, with Helen Mirren, too, yeah. there's there's an off chance there might be boob. I mean, so. I feel like she's like the British version of Clint Eastwood. Um, Maybe for, for nudity, sure. Yeah, timeless. Timeless. Uh, into, uh, into the storm. Uh, the Richard Attenborough, or Am- whatever, I don't know, he's British. The guy who plays uh, one of the hobbits, the main hobbit, because I don't know any of their names. Cause the only Armitage. Richard Armitage. The only, the only time I hear their names is whenever uh, Ian McKellen decides to slur out their names from drinking too much mead. So I don't catch any of their names in that movie. They're just that hobbit. Uh, Thorn Oakenshield. Yeah, there you go, Oakenshield. <laughs> <laughs> At number two, dropping down one spot. Uh, is Guardians of the Galaxy with 42.1 million, which, uh, honest to God, I couldn't believe it. Because when I went and saw, unfortunately went and saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, every, I mean, the line was just all the way down the corner. And everybody in line there was to see Guardians. Like, when I saw uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I mean, yeah, there, it, it had, there was people in it, but there was more people seeing Guardians. Like, I really thought Guardians had this weekend. 
nailed down, but I guess I live in the wrong state. Is it possible that, that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will drop off so much that Guardians will automatically go back to number one by default? I don't just know. for how just for how well it's maintaining and how much Ninja Turtles is going to fall. I think yeah, I could definitely see Ninja Turtles like dropping to like seventeen million this next weekend because of Expendables. But I don't know if Guardians will be number one. I don't see it dropping out of number two. I don't think the Expendables will beat it. No, I, I don't know. It I, it'd be interesting this next weekend. I think it'll be really interesting to see how it goes out. Um, I think the fact that everybody um, has Mel Gibson as a villain and they you know like everybody hates him because. Apparently, being a Nazi is a bad thing these days. Uh, you know, so there'll be an animosity of wanting to see him die by Rocky's hands. And then, unfortunately, I helped provide the numbers for these. Uh, finishing number one is Tangent Industrials at $65 million, which Jesus. is not a great opening considering that their budget uh, – was 125, so they're halfway there, and I think overseas they did something like, like 15 million, um, and they have a couple of markets they need to open up. The nice thing about Guardians is like, look, it already made back its money domestically, uh, but they haven't even opened in China and Japan, and those are the wow. two biggest markets left. Uh, so, I mean, as far as worldwide goes, it's doing just fine. I don't remember what the numbers are exactly, but um, they're going to get another one no matter what, um, even if it had failed. Uh, money wise, it, I mean, it, well, another Ninja Turtles is coming too. They just announced that. Yeah, which I, I just don't understand because I don't see them getting the money back. I mean, no I don't, fucking way. I don't. I could feel like what's that movie that came out early this year, Fault in Our Stars? Like it <laughs> opened like really big, and then it just yeah. like it was like forty one million, which is you know really good for what its money was, and then it dropped down to like five the next, like something dumb like that. So uh, definitely those movies, uh, they. <laughs> It did not carry over well. I mean, with what Guardians, uh, it dropped, you know, about 50%, which isn't too bad, um, considering you had other, you know, PG-13, you know, and, and, and lower friendly movies that came out this weekend. I was surprised some of your releases came out this weekend. Um, yeah. I also did not know that Hunter Foot Journey was going to be wide release. I just assumed it was uh, limited because it looked um, not that good. It looked very indie friendly. And it has a 55 on Metacritic, so... Oof. That's not that's not too great. I mean, if you were like in the seventies on Metacritic, like that's Oscar contention. But uh, and once you get past seventy, uh, you, that, that's when it means it's really bad. <laughs> that's an odd way they rate things. I think Guardians is at like seventy six on Metacritic, which you know, you know, compare that to Rotten Tomatoes, which is ninety one. Like with Metacritic, that's poor. You know, that's. It actually, they actually rate what the movie is. So, which is, you think seventy six is low? Seventy six is very, very good. Um, right? Yeah. No shit. Like Silver Linings Playbook is like sixty six, and a couple years ago it was like the best movie I'd ever seen. So, uh, you know, just take it with what you want. Uh, I guess that's kind of it. Um, once again, you have any suggestions? Uh, it, Email us at info at Geekly. That's probably the one way that Anthony is able to contribute at this point as far as telling us what to talk about. And if our shirt ideas suck, because I still think we need to do the cosplay calendar. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just any feedback of t-shirts, maybe we can come with a couple of designs and see what y'all think. I know we we have a Comic-Con one idea. Um, and if my friend ever finishes the uh, zombie sex chat, I mean that 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 is being designed. It's just 
look, the guy also works for the United States government and the, the Air first Force. sketch was really was really was really good though. Yeah. I liked it. Um, he I mean, he's good. It, it'll definitely be comical. It'll be very plants versus zombies kind of thing. Uh, but I mean, the guy tracks satellites for a living. He doesn't really have that much time on his hands, or does he? Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, for Glenn Bovey. I almost said Anthony Lewis, Aaron Talos, and Cody Kelly, uh, Cinema Geekly, and thanks for downloading. Yo, Adrian!